When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 197, presented by our friends over at FanDuel. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. It is, uh, it's a good time with the Bruins. They, are, they continue to roll Monday night. Neither of us were correct on the last Bruins beat, which we recorded on Monday. We were like, uh, we, we gave our predictions. I think I said 4-3 overtime loss. Yes. And that turned out to be false. Didn't even come close. 4-1 win for the Bruins. Uh, and I ask you this, Connor. Was that the best Bruins performance of the season? Yeah, I, I mean, you can probably view the the nine-goal game against Montreal as a bit of an outlier. I think I'm factoring in uh, just how uh, tough of a team Winnipeg is. Um, you can see why they've piled up a lot of points, really stingy defensively, kind of play a pretty boring game, all things considered. Um, but still have enough talent. Uh, their defensemen get a lot of shots on net. Obviously, Connor Hellebuck is Connor Hellebuck. Um, but I think when you look at the Bruins and how they performed in that game, uh, that one had all the makings of a, a game that you start coming, right? Like, they're holding on to a 2-1 lead. We're like, all right, getting late in the third period. We've seen this script kind of play out before, right? Of like, yep. all right, Hellebuck's, they're going to pull a Hellebuck. We know what's going to happen. And then I was, you know, looking at it like a oh, 3-2 overtime win. It was still in play. Still in play I was thinking about that, too. I'm like, golly, he's going to get this right. Uh, but I, I think when you look at uh, their response to, you know, having the opportunity to extend their lead, Jake DeBrus contributes. They get an empty net goal from Marchand uh, in that game there. And I think especially in the first two periods, like it, it's good on the Bruins to respond on the third in crunch time when – the Winnipeg Jets made that push as we all expected, but first two periods, the Bruins really didn't give them much of anything. Like Swayman was solid when he needed to be, but Bruins had zero uh, high danger chances against at five and five play in the first two periods alone. I think it was eight, nothing in favor of the Bruins. So I think when you look at the fact that you had more guys contribute on the score sheet, you get a goal from Coyle who continues to uh, entrench himself as the first line center. DeBrus keeps on uh, going here with 14 points in 14 games. And now uh, Jakob Lauko is up to, uh, you know, points in three straight games, two goals, and that elevated role in the third line. And all he does nope. is win. He, all he does is win. The greatest he's like, winner in our, of uh, any hockey generation ever. He's the embodiment of the Red Auerbeck victory cigar. The guy <laughs> just put him out there, and like he, they're automatically mo- more likely than not going to win these games. So uh, I think when you look at uh, just the fact that you had – a lot of guys contribute on the score sheet. The defense put together a really strong performance against a uh, a pretty dangerous Winnipeg team. And then what's been kind of their biggest issue all year is holding on to these late leads and executing in crunch time. I think the Bruins kind of passed all those tests uh, in pretty high fashion on uh, on Monday night. I was going to say they had every bit of this game locked down uh, in terms of offense, defense, and protecting the lead. Because just like you, I'm sitting there when it's 2-1 and I'm like, all right, When's Winnipeg going to score here? I'm waiting for it. It's going to come. And DeBrus scores that goal, and it's like, all right, it's a different ball game. Now, again, uh, I, you know, if people aren't aware, 
Winnipeg is the best team in hockey, <laughs> uh, statistically. Right? They're still, I think, number one in points in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so Bruins are, I think, are number one. I want to say because of the win last night that Vancouver, I think, has jumped up Winnipeg by like a game or two. So Okay. But, but Winni- Winnipeg is, Winnipeg, if they're not one, they are definitely two. It's like, I think yes. Winnipeg and Vancouver, and they got a little bit of a gap. So Winnipeg is right there. Um, and again, to have that performance against that kind of team says a lot about uh, about the Bruins and... I mean, Coil continues to roll. Like, I, I, every game, it's become less and less of a, a fluke season and more and more of a, all right, this guy is cementing himself as the number one center, and there's really no, uh, there's really no questions. I mean, we've said this all year, and I think we've all kind of been waiting for, all right, like, when's the drop-off going to, you know, when's the, you know, the, the inconsistency in production going to hit? It's not hitting. And he's playing with Martian and Pasternak, so you are guaranteed some secondary assists at the very least, but he's done more than that. I mean, he's scoring, he's getting chances. Um, he's a, He works great with those two. And I mean, it hits at a bigger question of, I mean, to you, what is more encouraging right now? Uh, how good their offense has been or that their defense is sort of starting to figure things out? I would say uh, the offense is more surprising but I think the more encouraging thing is the defense riding the ship here. Because I think uh, if you look at this team and how they're going to, you know, orchestrate a pretty deep playoff run, if that, you know, uh, ends up happening, it's going to come down to goaltending and defense. And I think you need games like this where you're holding on to one goal lead late. Uh, you're able to extend leads. You're able to hold them off when they they pull the goalie. Um, I think, listen, you'll take all the contributions right now. You'll take the nine-goal game. You'll get, you know, guys like DeBrus, Keaton, Up, and Lauko, and you hopefully that can carry over. I still think that's more of a, a pleasant surprise that you have all these guys contributing, and it's a good sign for this team, both rest of the regular season and, you know, moving forward, you got a lot of guys that I think you can build around in the years ahead. But I think for right now, when you look at the blueprint of this team and how they're going to win, you need this defense to really kind of short things up. And, again, not to say that you're going to go – uh, you know, holding a team to zero high danger chances through the first 40 minutes of a game. But um, when you look at the personnel they have out there, uh, it should be the case where they're really uh, limiting how many good looks a team can have out there. And again, it's not like this is Montreal where half the line, if you don't know who the fuck is out there, like Winnipeg has a very good deep team. A lot of guys that can uh, find the back of the net on all four lines there. So I think for them, that defense really clamped down um, and take care of business. And you've seen that, in the game against the Devils, I know they're banged up, but they really kind of controlled the game late there. Um, held off Colorado, who can score a couple of goals in just a couple of shifts uh, with their their stop power up front. I think the defense really kind of riding the ship and locking down is the most encouraging thing in terms of how they want to build their game, especially in the months ahead. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think just, you know, as you said, when the playoffs come around, that becomes such a huge thing and you have to have it. And, you know, for a long time, guys like Lindholm and Grizzlick weren't, performing up to the, you know, uh, what we know they could be, uh, and to see them sort of start to right the ship there is helpful. Before I give my answer, this just hit me as we were talking. Yes. A Winnipeg Jets Stanley Cup final would be boring as hell. Oh, would it Gary be boring? Gary Bettman's going to be beside himself if that happens. And even, and, and so that's one. Two is the, the travel to Winnipeg would be terrible. I mean, can you imagine, like, all the tweets... Of be of the the reporters being like this travel I, I can't I hate going to Winnipeg travel sucks there's nothing to do in, I'm marooned in Minnesota <laughs> or like yes. Chicago wherever you have to connect you there's not a chance in fucking hell 
you're connecting from Boston to there's not a straight flight. I don't think for Boston or Winnipeg, you got to go to uh, Toronto or Minnesota or one of those places. I'd imagine. I would think, yeah, and just to go to Winnipeg, and I know that uh, some of the players there are like, oh, no, it's like not that bad, and I've never been, so hand up, I've never been, I'm going completely off what people say online, so I guess it's never a good idea, but it is not the most riveting city. Uh, now, I will say, it's like I will say... Rep, it's like people who rep Worcester. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> no disrespect to Worcester. <laughs> I have no tie to Worcester, so like, I, I, I was, you know, I went to school out in Western Mass and Amherst, so like... I'll defend Western Mass, you know, maybe not Springfield, but like Amherst area I will defend. Worcester, I have no allegiance to. If we want to dump on Worcester, I'm I'm more than happy to. But it is Listen, getting better. I'm sure, I'm, it is I'm getting sure, nicer. I'm sure that's what they say. And they, there's a lot of good restaurants out there. All the power to you, but I'm I'm just probably gonna stay in Boston. <laughs> the Southie the Southie man is gonna stay in uh, in Southie. Um but uh the one positive of Winnipeg Stanley Cup would be that that place would go nuts. Like, yes. that arena would be a madhouse. That would be the closest thing you have to, like, a college atmosphere, which I think would be really cool to see on TV or to see it in person. But I want to, like, teleport there. I don't want to have to go through the travel. I don't want to have to, like, do th- – I want to go home after. Like, I want to be like, all right, I'm in Winnipeg. I'm in my seat. I'm watching the game. And then oh, I'm home. I'm back. I can play Xbox. I can, you know, hang out with my buddies. I Evan's can- just going to leave all of us in gray Winnipeg. He gets on the Wonka glass elevator. Just goes <laughs> yes. back, back and forth. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. I, oh, you kidding me? Screw all of you. I'm going in that first. I'm out of there. You guys can take the next trip home. Um, maybe I'd let you in. Maybe I'd let you in. Thank you. Um, it's very, the, it's Wonka gla- the, the Wonka glass elevator that the, the just goes to nowhere. Yes. Um, but, yeah, a Winnipeg Stanley Cup. Uh, and I know a couple of years ago they were close or they were a favorite. Um, and I remember, you know, and, and I, there was always – remember the year in 2017 when the Ottawa Senators were, like, a goal away from the Stanley Cup? And it was like, ooh, an Ottawa-Nashville final. That would that would, that would, uh, that would not be the greatest thing to watch. Um, Guy, Guy Boucher's boring-ass system. Uh, making God. it all the way there. It's like if, like, the 2011 Lightning made it. Like, and that team had a lot mm. of, like, star players at the top. But, man, that system – Snooze. T- terrible. Terrible. A Bruins Canucks Stanley Cup. That would be I, I was telling uh our good friend Ty Anderson that yesterday. Like imagine like 13 years later, <laughs> Bruins Canucks. Two very different teams in terms of how they've changed. But I was gonna say it would I don't think the series would go quite uh like the way it did uh years ago in Marchand's terms of physicality. There. But Marshand is still there and I mean, it happens in every playoff series. You play each other enough, you start to hate each other. You even see when teams play a back to back. Like Guys get annoyed with each other and this and that. So, um, yeah, Vancouver. We'll have to do a podcast at some point. Like, who would the ideal, who would the most exciting uh, matchup be in the Cup? I mean, Vancouver is the easy one just because the history. But, like, Vegas. Vegas would be really cool. Vegas would be, I think that's number one. Eichel, Bruce. L.A. would be cool just to go to. Like, just have to go to L.A., I think it'd be. L.A.'s cool, so I'll give it that. Colorado. Entertainment factor, probably Colorado, too. A lot of high-scoring games. Yes. Yep, Colorado would be cool. Colorado would be cool. And in terms of, like, being favored in each of those series, I would... I mean, Colorado would probably get the edge, but I I, I feel like the Bruins have the edge in net. They're, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like the Bruins could find a way to stifle them over a seven-game series. That could be kind of like the Canucks, where, like, the... Avalanche come out with like a two nothing lead, and then but I'm getting we're getting so far ahead of ourselves. Yes. But Bruins are on a little win streak. We're already like they're in the cup. They're in the cup final. Uh, but if you it. feel 
if you guys feel that the Bruins are going to be in the cup final, uh, there's no better place to uh, wager that than our good friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, or making a parlay in the Parlay Hub. And frankly, that's the best part about FanDuel, is that you can bet on anything. You want to wager on how many points Jason Tatum is going to drop that night? Be my guest. Maybe which team is going to hoist the Lombardi Trophy next month? Go for it. You can really do it all. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in mass. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Connor, I heard in that uh, ad you said who's going to hoist the Lombardi Trophy next month. Do you want to make a prediction who you think is going to hoist the Lombardi Trophy next month? Mullen and the Lions, baby. Let's roll. Oh, I'm rooting for the Lions. I I, I, I want to see the Lions win. I believe. I, like, San Francisco had a, a so-so game. Like, I, I still, like, I feel like the Chiefs are still going to beat the Ravens just because, like, I feel like that, that team is due for the letdown Baltimore. But, like, re- the Chiefs aren't the strongest they've been. Let's roll with the Lions, man. I just want I just want Dan Campbell giving, like, a 45-minute soliloquy during media day. That's what I need. I would agree with you. Um, I also, the Niners look shaky the other night. I, I'm going to put the Lions past the Niners and I'll put the Chiefs past the, the Ravens. I, the Chiefs always just find a way. Like they really kind of are the new Patriots in terms yes. of even with the weakest teams, they still find a way. So, and with the Taylor Swift thing, like I, I, I think the Chiefs are, and I don't want to see them win. I don't want to see the Chiefs win. I want to see the Lions win. But I think the Chiefs ultimately pull it out. It'll be really sad if the Lions get all the way to the Super Bowl and lose. That would be that would be so heartbreaking. Peak, uh, that would be peak Lions, actually. Yes, yes, because I'm Buffalo was peak Buffalo. They lost to the Chiefs. Go figure. Um. Anyways, to continue on the topic of what's more encouraging, the Bruins D uh, or the Bruins offense, which one riding the ship is better? Um. I'll go with the offense. Uh. That was one thing we have tabbed all year as not a kind of a disadvantage for the Bruins. It's not an area of strength. Uh, there's been a lot of question marks uh, in in amongst those lines, whether it be Montgomery not playing the fourth line or not Montgomery not playing the kids or uh, guys getting uh, ridden too much or, you know, jumbling around. And for the first time all season, feels like they've got three definitive lines. And you could even say the fourth line too with, with Boquist, Potra, and Heinen. Like, you know, Martian, Coyle, Pasternak looks really good. Van Riemsdyk, uh, Zaka, and DeBrusque looked awesome on yeah. um, Monday night. Uh, in terms of second and third effort, in terms of uh, working the puck down low and having good long ozone sequences that kind of um, 
that go towards the strengths of those three players where it's digging for pucks, uh, winning net front battles. That line's got it. That line is something. And then Lauko, Geeky, and Frederick have been you know, outstanding. I mean, Lauko now has this new offensive front that we never knew he had. Frederick is terrific. I mean... When you consider the season, the, the passes and the play the playmaking that he uh, that he does during a game, I think has been sensational. And Geeky's fit really well down the middle. Um, to me, I think that's been the big development. Um, now again, defense has been great. I think that was always gonna that was always gonna be figured out just because of the the guys you had. Wasn't always guaranteed with this with with this uh, forward core. Now again, they could stop. <laughs> it, you know, it could it, go away. It could. It could. You know, but I think having that element where, you know, you hope the defense is going to be there, but knowing that you can score more than two goals in a game and that they're doing it not in ways that are just snipes off the rush or, you know, shots from the perimeter that are, you know, tr- you know bouncing off seven people and going in. It's good, hard goals that are in high danger areas that are around the front of the net. And I mentioned this to you on Bruins beat the goals you score in the playoffs. And I think there is something to be said there. Uh, and also in terms of the trade deadline, like if this continues again, it's been a, you know, like a two week three or it's been since Christmas. So it's been more than two or three weeks now, which time is flying, Connor. Damn. That, it's almost Christmas crazy. again, baby. So it is almost Christmas tree. again. That's why I'm, I'm going to leave the tree up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> leave it up for next Christmas. It's coming quick. Um, but in terms of the deadline, like if this continues, do you need to go out and add a top six winger? Maybe not. Maybe you just need to add like another depth piece and kind of see what you got. You know, like, you know, you maybe you now don't trade Jake DeBrusque. You say, we're holding on to him. We're going to see what he gives us for the for the stretch run. And we're going to go with that. And, you know, maybe we get to an agreement in the offseason. Maybe we don't. But that could also change your trade deadline outlook if this continues. So um, I think the offense has been incredibly encouraging. Um, these last bunch of weeks, it's becoming less and less of just like, oh, it's a just a, you know, a good stretch and it's turning more into like, okay, this might be sustainable. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think it's also you looking at guys that are carving out roles for like, not this year, but like for the years ahead where you realize that you now have guys you can plug in place into the middle six that I don't think you have to really worry about them anymore. Right. Like I think Trent Frederick is, um, he just has a knack even last year of just elevating. I think guys around him, we saw how good him and Coyle were. And it wasn't like the, it's like Marshan and Bergeron chemistry or anything like that. It just seems like Frederick always does the little things that can help a player out there. And you're seeing that with um, him in this new role. Whoever he kind of plays with, uh, it elevates guys around him. I mean, that was a great pass he had to Lauko to set up that goal there. Um, I think you're just seeing Frederick be a lot more confident in his game. Uh, Lauko, a guy that seemed like he was kind of rudderless for a while, like getting scratched from games, not you know playing seven, eight minutes. Um, he's contributed more uh, further up the lineup and I think been a lot more engaged. And then Geeky's a guy that, uh, again, for the future, you know, he's only signed through next year, but he's a guy I think you can look at uh, his spot and his versatility and be like, all right, he's a guy we can put in the middle six. We know he can give us 35, 40 points. I mean, he's got, what, 20 points in his last 27 games since coming back from that uh, upper body injury in November. Uh, I think he had six hits uh, on, on Monday night as well. So that that third line is almost like just a. Uh, I was gonna say it sounds really stupid. Like that that third line is like an elevated fourth line, but that's literally <laughs> how it, it kind of works, isn't it? <laughs> is but, it? <laughs> but like in terms of you know playing simple hockey, um, very physical, but just uh, having guys that I think are really rounding out their overall game, especially in the offensive zone. I mean, I think we knew what to expect from. 
you know, a line that has Pasternak, who's going to elevate guys around him. And you'll take guys like Coyle stepping, you'll take a guy like DeBrusque um, really heating up here over the stretch. But I think having that third line with guys like Frederick and Geeky and Lauko, guys that you either were hopeful for, but you didn't, they don't have a long kind of sample size of, of what they've done up at this level in terms of being a steady, you know, 15, 20 goal guy, 40 point guy. Um, you're seeing a lot of those guys take big steps forward this year. And it's been huge with this team's overall depth. It has. And I, you know, I wonder with a guy like Frederick, uh, cause again, he, he's on a three year deal. And so it'll be, you know, I'm curious to see what he's like at the end of that. It's three years, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, is it three or two? I know Geeky's definitely two, but. I forget what they signed for. I thought it was three, but I could be wrong. But anyway, my point is I'm curious to see what Frederick is like at the end of his deal in terms of what is, you know, what's he going to be viewed as in the market? Is he a top six wing? Is he a third line wing? Like, that's where I'm curious where he how he ascends, especially yeah. over this next stretch. Two years, Two year. okay. Yeah, I wasn't just giving you a sign, but <laughs> I wish that was what it was. Yeah, just no. Peace out. Uh, but I, I, what's interesting to me is, uh, you know, what he's viewed at. As I said, uh, what how he's viewed in the market in terms of, you know, is is he a top six guy? Is he a third line guy? Um, because it wouldn't surprise me if in two years, if this keeps up, team comes along and says, hmm. I could see him in our top six, and suddenly he yeah. prices out. But he's been worth it so far. He's been worth it so far. Uh, maybe he started having factor meals, you know, because it was quick, it was easy, it tasted tasted good. Uh, but anyways, here's our good friends over at Factor Meals. Now I'm hungry. That's the problem. Now I'm hungry, so I Damn need to eat it. Sorry, something. Evan. I need to eat something. Uh, anyways, uh, offense good, defense is good, Bruins are good, everything is good. Uh, one thing that's been real good, and I think we've touched on it a little bit, is Parker Wotherspoon. Uh, Wotherspoon, what a find by the Bruins scouting staff. Uh, you know, he was with uh, Bridgeport for a long time. He was with the Islanders organization for quite a bit. Uh, unfortunately, can't plander Patrick Waugh. I bet he's very disappointed about yeah. that. Um, but a good find, and again, a nice depth piece on that back end that I think is going to come in handy over these next bunch of months. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you look at his game. It's not flashy. Um, it's not, you know, anything t- too crazy in terms of how he can impact the game. But sometimes you just need a guy that plays, you know, simple, solid brand of hockey, especially further down the lineup. And whether it's he ends up being like a seventh defenseman, which he seems like an ideal fit for that. But even when you see him like taking over, he took he slotted in for Shattenkirk on Monday. Uh, a lot to like about just what he brings uh, further down the lineup. Like he's six one, not like. Uh, he's not like a Jared Tenorti or just like this behemoth guy who, you know, is going to beat the shit out of everyone. But like you watch him in, um, you know, battles along the board, um, defending the net front. Those those kind of smart, simple plays that you're looking for for a guy that can add a little bit more heft, a little bit more uh, sturdiness back there on the blue line. And so, as you said, for a, a season where you've had so many guys that have been really great value signings, Wellsford's kind of, uh, you know, slipped under the radar a little bit in terms of, you know, what he's provided to this team. Again, you're not asking him to be a, a top four guy or anything like that. But if you're looking for a third pairing guy, a guy that can slot in when needed, first man up when the injuries inevitably happen, uh, there's a lot to like about his game. And it's not to say that he's like going to be destined to being a seventh D in the playoffs. Like he's he's playing at a very, very high level right now. Um, and it, it's really encouraging to see. What's funny is with uh, with a play style like Wotherspoon, you know, in my job with the Hockey Journal, there's a lot of uh, prospects I see who are 
good, sturdy, solid defensemen. And that, you know, they're committed division one and some are NHL draft prospects and this and that. And, you know, they always, sometimes you'll see them try to do too much. You know, they're always rushing the puck or they're always, you know, just, uh, you know, trying to get going out of their realm, you know, being super offensive and, and this and that. And it's like, man, if you just stay and do your job and play it simple, there's a market, there's a big market for defensemen in the NHL and in pro hockey who just do their job. Who just play good, solid defense, make smart, simple passes. You know, they don't light up the score sheet, but there's a market for it. And Watherspoon is is that right now. I mean, that's essentially his game. And he plays smart. He does the little things right. And I, I think Watherspoon has turned into a really nice find um, for this team. And uh, again, as you said, I mean, he was in for Shattenkirk on, um, on Monday night. And, you know, does that continue where, you know, it's matchup based? I mean, I, you're 100%, I think, if you know, going to see Watherspoon in the playoffs. And I don't think it's just going to be because, oh, someone got hurt. Like, as you said, I think he's played his way into being a guy that you put in there and have eat up real minutes. Um, so that's definitely been a uh, an encouraging thing. Uh, but anyways, uh, Connor, what can the people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe? Yeah, we're going to have uh, game recaps, features, columns, breakdowns, all that good stuff throughout this Bruin season over at Boston.com. So you can read all that over there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, X, whatever it's called, uh, as of the day of recording, uh, you can follow me at ConnorRyan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Both the very listeners have a great rest of your week. 